Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant. We welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers and hope you're enjoying your weekend. Our guest this morning is both the Democratic nominee for governor and the Attorney General of the Commonwealth of Kentucky, Andy Bashir. His opponent, Governor Matt Bevin, was with us in late June. Bashir emerged from a hard-fought Democratic primary and has spent recent weeks trying to unify the party. As he has staked out positions on issues, the Republicans have been coming after him hard. The governor's flatly called Bashir and his father corrupt and a national GOP group has tried to tie him to Washington Democratic figures. Earlier this week, longtime Republican State Senator Dan Syme of Louisville endorsed Bashir for governor. In his official capacity, Bashir has sued the governor several times with mixed results and says he's taking a close look at the pension relief bill and now law passed by the legislature. He's also touting his record on issues involving children, the elderly, and consumer protection. Candidate for governor Attorney General Andy Bashir joining us. We welcome you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. And it's busy and rigorous. You're on the road a lot, aren't I, you, right now? I am, but it is uh, so rewarding uh, to be out in every part of Kentucky talking about a big, bright future. Only problem is I'm not seeing those kids enough. You uh, go through the primary with a little over, uh, got through that primary, a little over a third of the Democratic vote. Uh, do you believe your party will come together uh, this fall? I believe it's already come together, Bill. We are seeing more excitement out there uh, at this point in a general election than I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, large crowds, real enthusiasm. People are desperate for a change because our families aren't fighting to get ahead. They're fighting just to get by. And they're looking for a governor that acts with decency, that listens more than he talks and solves more problems than he creates. One that never engages in bullying uh, and, and spends every single day trying to address the, the kitchen table challenges, health care, public education, pensions and jobs uh, that, that every family is faced with. It could be said that uh, the, your two opponents in that primary had uh, constituencies. Obviously, Rocky Adkins doing very well in eastern Kentucky. Mm -hmm. You have uh, campaigned with him out there and Adam Edlin uh, with maybe the more progressive uh, wing of the party uh, being uh, in his camp during that primary. Uh, do you feel that you have uh, reached out to the supporters of those two effectively? Absolutely. Uh, we have been campaigning uh, both with Rocky and with Adam. Uh, we are seeing uh, excitement, uh, especially in eastern Kentucky, picking up every single day. Uh, we were in uh, Harlan last Thursday and, and in Murray the next day, so we are crisscrossing the state. Uh, and again, it's, it's people that uh, really want a governor uh, that uh, isn't flying off to different national political events like this governor and, and isn't owned by outside groups like the Koch brothers, but fights for us. And I think they want a governor that doesn't believe in an us versus a them, that doesn't divide us every single day, just believes in an us. And I tell you, every single crowd we have has a lot of Republicans in it too. You know, we announced a, a very big endorsement this week from Republican State Senator Dan Syme. And while there are many reasons that I know he was willing to step out and endorse me, one is that he has a lot of teachers in his family. And he believes, and I believe, that this governor's bullying of anyone who disagrees with them, but especially our teachers, is wrong. And we got to get back to a basic threshold uh, of, of decency and of knowing this race isn't about right versus left, 
it's just about right versus wrong. Do you think the teachers are uh, engaged in this campaign? Oh, they are engaged. Uh, they are fired up. Uh, they are out with us every single day knocking on doors. We've knocked on over 50,000 doors in the last two and a half weeks alone. Uh, we've seen them uh, at big rallies and we see them also organizing on their own. As Matt Bevan thinks our teachers are thugs and are ignorant, I think that they are amazing. I'm a product of Fayette County Public Schools, graduating from Henry Clay High School. I wouldn't be here but for our teachers. My mom uh, was a public school teacher in Woodford County for a while, and my running mate, Jacqueline Coleman, will be the first active educator to serve as Lieutenant Governor since Martha Lane Collins. We're doing this interview uh, before Fancy Farm, right. so people now have a little perspective of how that uh, rough and tumble went uh, this weekend. Uh, but it appears that you are trying to focus your campaign on uh, largely in-state issues, and the governor has the help of President Trump and is able to blur the lines between the Frankfurt and Washington issues. Uh, is this a race in which it is hard these days uh, to uh, to set apart the national issues from, from the in-state issues, things like abortion, immigration, environmental policy are relevant both places, aren't they? Well, I think that people are going to see a, a stark contrast. Uh, Governor Bevan cannot win on his record of trying to tear away health care uh, from people through uh, his, his steps to eliminate expanded Medicaid, uh, through his attempts to uh, remove coverage for people with pre-existing conditions, from his attempts to tear down public education. He knows he can't win on his record here, so he's going to try to distract people with as much as possible, and we're going to see stunt after stunt after political stunt. To me, this race is about kitchen table issues that should not be partisan public education, jobs, uh, health care, and pensions. And let me tell you what a kitchen table issue is to me. When I sit at my kitchen table and I look at the people that I love most in the world, it's my wife, Brittany, my son, Will, and my daughter, Lila. Three out of four of us have a pre-existing condition. That is critically important because that's everybody's kitchen table. Uh, and we want to protect that coverage. I want to make it a state law to kick anyone off their coverage for a pre-existing condition. But I tell you something else that we're going to be talking about. And that's the fact that these pharmaceutical companies are gouging us every single day. You know, a vial of insulin costs $7 to make, and some of these companies are charging almost $300 for that vial. That is life-saving medication. And while this governor has done nothing uh, to try to reduce the price of prescription drugs, I'm going to fight every single day. What can one state do? What can, it, what can well, a state government do on, on the price of prescriptions? I tell you what uh, one state attorney general has done. He sued the three largest makers of insulin uh, to try to immediately address that. Uh, we have uh, and are supporting a bill from Patty Mentor that would cap the out-of-pocket uh, expenses. I've sued almost every generic drug manufacturer because I believe they're, uh, they're, they're violating state, federal antitrust law and that they are increasing prices that should always go down. You know, I'm going to battle every single day, and my commitment is to lower our costs. But we can do that for the state, too. You know, New York woke up one day and realized that they're one of the largest purchasers of pharmaceuticals in the world. And what they told these companies is that if you increase your price more than inflation plus a couple percent, we're not buying any of your drugs. They cut almost a billion dollars out of their costs in the first year and didn't have to remove one drug from their formulary. It's time that we fought back. Let's talk about this pension issue. Uh, Governor Bevin says uh, teachers and state workers should support him because <laughs> he says that he's trying to preserve their pensions. Uh, was he right to focus the state uh, like a laser beam on this issue of uh, unfunded liability for these pensions? 
Well, Matt Bevin has been governor for four years. And if you remember back, as governor, you used to only have four years. And he has shown zero results in the types of reform that we actually need to move forward. The only two solutions he's willing to consider are to illegally cut benefits of teachers, police officers, firefighters, and social workers, or to put all those costs on cities, counties, rape crisis centers, and public health departments. We cannot move forward that way. What we need is new dedicated revenue that goes directly to the pension system, and that frees up other monies for health care and public education. And the way we do that is through expanded gaming. Even Tennessee just authorized sports betting. That means every state around us leeches hundreds of millions of dollars from us every year. It's also medicinal marijuana. It's also stopping these tax breaks we're giving to companies if they're creating cut rate jobs. They create good jobs, then fine. Let's quickly go through this. So on, uh, on the issue of expanded gaming, yes. you are for? I am for casino gaming, uh, sports betting. Uh, we need to treat fantasy sports what they are, which is gaming, and we need to prepare for online poker, which is coming. Uh, that is conservatively $550 million a year we lose to other states in tax revenue right now without one additional bet. And on medical marijuana, as you know, you've been uh, criticized for proposing that that be taxed. Well, at the end of the day, uh, this will help get it passed. Uh, I've had a, um, a long road to supporting medicinal marijuana. I am uh, the chief law enforcement officer of the Commonwealth. Uh, but opioids do not help with long-term pain. We're going to prove that in our litigations. And we have stocked medicine cabinets with really dangerous, addictive drugs that have devastated our communities. You know, that national data came out last week showing that these uh, opioid manufacturers and distributors, which I've sued, sent two billion opioids into Kentucky over a six-year period alone. It's awful. You're not there on recreational marijuana. Well, I think that every right? state that has addressed that has done medicinal first. I think we have to prove that we can do it responsibly. And, and right now, you know, my position is those with long-term pain or, or some chronic uh, d diseases or conditions, uh, that it presents a better alternative than some of the medication they're getting. We finally saw a bit of a turnaround in the horrendous number of uh, uh, overdose deaths that we have had uh, that happened in the country and it happened in Kentucky. It is slight. Are we finally potentially maybe on the right path? We have so much work to do. We lose 30 Kentuckians a week, and those are people that I know and love. Uh, and it was just two years ago that not 10 miles from here, I pulled an overdosing man from a car and watched the life drain from his body before Narcan brought him back. We are still in an epidemic, and we have to be vigilant every single day. This, this epidemic arose in our lifetime. I believe that we can defeat it in our lifetime. And one of the most important things that we're going to have to do is when the, the dollars come in from these lawsuits, I filed more than any other attorney general. I've driven one of them into bankruptcy, but we're going to follow them out of it as well. We have to spend every single one of those dollars on prevention, on treatment, and recovery. And if we can have that one period in time where we focus an intense amount of resources, yes, I think we can get ahead of this, and I think we can actually end the epidemic. So you think we have a lot of people in jail who need to be in treatment? Absolutely. Is this, uh, and, you know, how do you roll out uh, going and, and taking care of that, getting them to where they can 
uh, re-enter society and be productive. So there's a couple of steps. The very first thing that we have got to do is we've got to stop new addiction. Because right now we have so many people becoming addicted every day that there's not enough money for treatment. There aren't enough beds. And so then there's no money for recovery. Once somebody gets better, we don't have money to help support uh, them in keeping them better. Uh, so our opioid disposal program and other prevention efforts, cleaning out every single medicine cabinet across Kentucky, making sure we're not stocking them uh, with opioids, is the first and most important step uh, to preventing new addiction. Then on treatment, uh, we have to have the resources. It's one of the reasons I'm fighting so hard to make sure everybody, when they are ready, can get the treatment they need. And it needs to be different types, uh, medically assisted, 12-step, men's, women's, and adolescent treatment, because the same thing doesn't work for everybody. Is it done through a network of uh, private providers, or does the state uh, literally get hands-on in, in, in uh, more hands-on right. treatment? I, it's all in. We need everybody's help with this, and this is an epidemic we, we all face. Uh, there are some private providers that are doing good work. Uh, there are uh, some of these um, quasi-governmental entities um, that are also doing some good work. There's the Recovery Kentucky Centers, which I think um, are one of the best uh, investments of dollars uh, and are able to multiply those dollars to, to help people. I'm willing to work with everybody. Isaiah House not too far from here, does some really great work too. This is all of us um, putting our, our, our egos on the back burner, working together, making sure that every single day we're fighting for every single Kentuckian. Candidate for Governor Attorney General Andy Bashir, the Democratic nominee is with us on Kentucky Newsmakers. We're coming back. He has an ethics proposal that he rolled out this week, and we'll talk about that and more on Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers from WKYT. We're glad you're with us today, and we're joined by Andy Bashir, the Attorney General, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and the Democratic nominee for governor uh, in this election. And uh, he was telling us that uh, he is running hard, and you don't get to see your family enough uh, oh. during a campaign like this. And I don't think I ever get to see my family enough, but um, I have uh, an amazing wife and two incredible kids. Uh, my rule is that every night, no matter where I am, I go home so that the next day that I wake up, you know, we're all together. And sometimes that breakfast is, is too short, but I think me being there keeps me sane and hopefully uh, keeps us uh, together as, as a family. My, my very first and most important job uh, is being a dad to those two kids. We're talking about the issues you're running on for governor, ethics reform you proposed uh, this past week, uh, and it includes uh, some interesting proposals, including term limits for lawmakers. That's right. Um, Frankfurt is not working. And what we are seeing, especially uh, out of the governor, is not public service, but personal enrichment. Uh, we see actions like education being slashed uh, while the governor's best friend gets a $370,000 state job. Uh, we see an illegal attack uh, trying to cut uh, pensions while the governor gets a mansion at half price from a, a state contractor. We've got to stop this from ever happening again. So our plan has kind of three major parts. The first is openness and transparency. Uh, you should have to release tax returns for the two years before you run uh, for governor. Everybody should see where your dollars come from, and we need more disclosure from high-level appointees. Why is that important that you see somebody's tax returns? Well, you ought to know how your governor makes their money. Just look at this last uh, administration and what we see. The governor um, uh, is a partial owner of a company that is getting state tax incentives through the uh, angel investment tax credit. Um, he is a uh, investor and, and a hedge fund uh, guy. We don't know how those investments line up with what the state 
uh, might be doing. At the end of the day, when I'm running for governor, I have to tell people where my sources of income come from so they know I have no conflicts whatsoever. They also show year in and year out, because you should release them every year, your governor, that you are not making money off of the state. You have also called for, in this ethics proposal for a lifetime ban on lobbying by lawmakers. That is, if you serve right. the legislature, you never can come to Frankfurt uh, as a lobbyist. Um, will that keep uh, you know people from running for the legislature who might be qualified? Well, I don't think it will, because I don't think people run for the legislature with thoughts that they're going to profit on it uh, after. Uh, being in the legislature. And the same ought to be true for people who run for governor and lieutenant governor. This would restrict uh, me or anyone else who runs for this position uh, from later using it um, in a way to profit by trying to influence government. Uh, you know, I fought in front of the Sixth Circuit uh, to preserve uh, the uh, ethics ban on gifts from lobbyists to legislators. We had one senator who wanted to allow unlimited gifts from lobbyists to those legislators. And think about that. A lobbyist could give a house or a boat to a legislator to get a vote. Um, and I, I argue that personally in front of the Sixth Circuit, and we won to preserve those rules. But we need more of them moving forward. There shouldn't be a, re a revolving door from public service uh, to uh, private enrichment based on that public when service. When you say ethics commission strengthening, what are you talking oh. about? Well, uh, we have seen uh, an ethics commission uh, that has failed to do its job in the last four years. We've seen um, uh, people who work for that commission uh, going out and before any complaints been filed or any investigation and saying Governor Bevin's actions are, are perfectly okay. We need an ethics commission that doesn't work for the governor, but for the people. And we need to get back to an executive order uh, that Matt Bevin got rid of that allows other uh, officials in state government to nominate people for that board. Shouldn't work for the government governor, it should work for uh, the people. And I want to see uh, more people who have a uh, history in law enforcement in those roles. This is about protecting the people of Kentucky and doing so in an honest and ethical way. Will the legislature pass uh, something like that with new rules uh, on themselves, with uh, this uh, uh, idea of uh, having term limits uh, in the future? Uh, will they do that? I mean, you know, uh, Governor Bevin has had his own trouble with the legislature, <laughs> and uh, he has super majorities within his party in both chambers. Uh, if you're elected, how do you deal with a Republican legislature that could uh, ignore your proposals? Well, certainly our request for term limits is about making sure uh, that all elected officials serve the people of Kentucky, and it's about putting the same term limits on the legislature that apply to the executive branch. It's also about breaking down the partisanship gridlock that we see. You know, a legislator that's in that last term uh, finally is not worried about re-election and may well be able to cross the aisle uh, and ultimately vote on a good idea regardless of where it came from. I believe the people of Kentucky overwhelmingly support term limits. And if a government is supposed to serve the people, then yes, we should see that vote. And ultimately, I think they ought to put it on the ballot as a constitutional amendment. And I think what you would see is that the people of Kentucky would overwhelmingly vote for it and that we get better government out of it. But now it is not about any individual legislator because we've got a lot of people who've served a long time that are good legislators. But it's about new voices 
and breaking up the type of tribalism and gridlock and partisanship uh, that we have only seen being as bad as it is in, in pretty recent history. Governor Bevin told us recently he could be supportive of an increase in the state gasoline tax to uh, put money into the road fund to address uh, a half billion dollars estimated uh, in infrastructure needs. Do you support that? Well, I find it interesting that Matt Bevin is only now saying this on the verge of re-election when he's had two different budgets where he could have taken steps to support our crumbling infrastructure. We have the six most dangerous rural roads in the country. We lose people on those roads every single day, and those are our families. We're putting our families in the cars that travel those roads. So we absolutely have to address a transportation budget uh, that this governor has allowed to dip below even just maintenance levels. And that takes some short-term fixes and some long-term plans, but we also have to finally step up uh, and build that I-69 bridge, which is going to open up western Kentucky. Uh, we have to finish the Mountain Parkway, which uh, this governor uh, let really slow down. And right at election time, all of a sudden is saying uh, they'll speed it up. I hope people out there are smart enough to know uh, that uh, if a governor uh, hasn't done something his first four years, He's not going to do it after being reelected when he doesn't need anyone's votes ever again. You visited with some eastern Kentucky miners who weren't paid after the uh, company that they worked for filed for bankruptcy. Now, some of them uh, stood on, a on railroad tracks. I think they uh, still are. Uh, right, as, as we're doing this, but uh, we don't know how the outcome of that uh, eventually uh, went. But uh, held up a train carrying coal. Do, do you support uh, their protest? I do. Uh, these miners have been treated worse. Uh, than in any bankruptcy I've ever seen. You know, companies have a duty when they're about to enter bankruptcy to make plans, uh, and this one did not. These are workers that haven't been paid in weeks for work that they did, hard work that they did. They can't access their 401k uh, right now. Um, because the way this company went into bankruptcy, they're having trouble um, being able to get food stamps to, to feed their kids uh, or other uh, safety net um, types of, of programs that would help them get by. They're in the worst situation that I've ever seen. I met with them. I listened to them. They are rightfully frustrated from a company that profited off of them and is trying to run away from their obligations. So I've teamed up with the AG of Virginia and we're pushing the bankruptcy court to do something unprecedented because this situation is unprecedented and make sure they get paid first. But what they're trying to do right now, people need to understand, is they're trying to make sure that that coal, which is from their mine, that any proceeds from it, go back into the estate so they can get paid. What they're worried about is it's going other places. And we have to understand that worry and we ought to support people who worked hard who didn't get paid for it, who are being treated miserably uh, while uh, a CEO of, of this company uh, tries to go on to, to other things. Yes, I support them. Higher education has been uh, cut since 2008 in Kentucky. Most states have turned that around and are investing more now in public colleges and universities. Kentucky continues to cut. As you've mentioned, uh, more money for drug treatment, right. uh, more money for transportation, more money for other things. Would you? Would the next governor be in a position to uh, to restore those cuts to higher ed? Yes, and I'm I'm going to do that. Uh, we cannot continue uh, to price our kids out of going to college or or for that matter, uh, technical uh, schools. Uh, we have to make sure that every single Kentuckian is either getting that higher education or that training uh, to be really productive members of a workforce that we're going to have to compete uh, with the rest of the world. We're going to restore those cuts and we're going to end the days where. Now, my wife and I are still paying off a student loan. I'm 41, I won't tell you how old she is, but you shouldn't have to mortgage your future 
just to, to, to get ahead and to get that degree. Andy Beshear is with us. He is the Attorney General of the Commonwealth of Kentucky and the Democratic nominee for governor. Our final minutes with him in just a moment. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers on WKYT. We're with Andy Bashir, the, uh, the Democratic candidate for governor. Uh, governor Matt Bevin, the Republican nominee, was with us uh, recently, and uh, hopefully we'll have uh, both of them back. Uh, we do know you're going to do a debate, uh, that uh, you'll do five debates yes. uh, with Bevin. It's what you've agreed to, right. and, and uh, that will be most of those in October. We're looking forward to them. That makes sure that right in that month before the election, uh, people in all parts of Kentucky are going to hear directly from us, and I look forward to that debate because you're going to see a stark difference between a governor who's trying to distract you from his record and me, who is laser-focused on jobs, public education, uh, health care, and pensions. And I'm going to talk every single debate about how we've got to get past this us versus them. In Kentucky, we all face the same challenges. There is just an us. In your official capacity as Attorney General, we've been getting a lot of news releases lately about open records uh, right. rulings that you've made. And when there have been appeals, uh, you, in, in some cases, uh, you, you've, you've won those, I think, almost every, every time one. that you've had that. Uh, that seems to indicate that uh, within uh, government, uh, there are those who want to withhold public information. Yes. Uh, it, it, is that is that your finding? Is it your uh, concern? I, I believe we are seeing uh, more uh, government and and from the state on down engaging in secrecy uh, and hiding facts from the public than we ever have in the past. And that is a real concern. It's a concern for democracy. It's a concern about whether or not uh, government is working for the people. I mean, I will tell you that the Bevin administration is the most secretive uh, group. I believe have violated the act more times than I can remember any other administration. Uh, people deserve to know what their officials are doing. And, and that's why these decisions in protecting the Open Records and Open Meetings Act are so important. And I tell you what, Bill, I believe in living by it. You know, we had a mistaken violation of, of the Open uh, Records Act in the AG's office. But what did I do? I owned up to it. I put a video out explaining it. We made sure we released all those records. That example of doing the right thing every time uh, is, a again, a stark contrast uh, to a governor's office that continues to hide a pension analysis from years ago that is obviously an open record and would show his pension plan would have never worked. Since your nomination, uh, the Republican Governors Association has run uh, numerous <laughs> ads. They have uh, attempted to tie you to uh, national Democratic figures. Right. Uh, and, and I'm down to just half a minute here. How do you win when the Trump forces roll in, the money keeps coming from across the country, and uh, these ads uh, largely uh, attack uh, you and everything you stand yeah. for? They're over the top and the people of Kentucky know me. I fought for them the last four years, every day showing up to fight for our families. I'm not the person they try to depict in their ads. I'm the person that's suing insulin makers so everybody can afford their prescription drugs. I'm the guy going after the opioid manufacturers because they've devastated our communities. Yes, Matt Bevin spends a lot of time on national politics. I'm gonna spend none. My job is to show up every day and fight for Kentuckians, and that's all Kentuckians. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. That's this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning.